In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who has come in order to give us a Sabbath rest in our baptisms. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, when I was a kid, maybe a little bit older than some of the kids that were up here, I started to do this thing. You see, um, I had uh, these cards uh, just like like we have here, these connection cards, we, we had those at, at one of the churches that I was growing up in. And uh, the pastor that we had during that time, uh, well, he tended to be a little bit uh, long-winded sometimes. And so I thought that it was an important thing to sort of keep him accountable. And uh, just recently, my parents had bought me a watch with a, a stopwatch feature on it. And so I decided that, hey, this will be a great idea. What I will do is, uh, as soon as he starts off his sermon, ding! And I just watched it count. And then when he started wrapping up, and hey, you know how you can tell that yeah, sermon's wrapping up. When he started wrapping up, I got out my watch and just waited for the last thing, and then boom! And then after that, what I would do is I would take that connection card... And I would write down his time. <laughs> and if it was particularly long, I would, you know, sort, sort of editorialize, you know, like frowny face. <laughs> um, uh, particularly short, uh, happy face. <laughs> particularly confusing, I don't know, something else. Now we have emojis to do that for us. But it does kind of bring up that question, well, you know, how, how long, the question that I asked you at the, at the beginning of the service here, how long is a good sermon? And a lot of us will have, you know, differing opinions on that. I was brought up, my father being a pastor as well, I was brought up with a very strict 15-minute rule. That uh, basically you could go anywhere up to 15 minutes. And after 15 minutes, we started to detract points. <laughs> so if you went over 15, it had to be good. It, it had to be something that, that could live up to the subtraction of points that you would get going over. But a lot of us grew up in, in churches that, well, we, we were used to a 45-minute sermon. For some of you, if you grew up as a Lutheran, that sounds like the literal manifestation of hell. <laughs> but for some of you, you're like, yeah, that, that was normal. 45 minutes, that, that, that's good. And so it, it gets to this thing about like, okay, well, you know, what really are, are we looking for out of a sermon? And that has a lot to do with what we're looking for out of a Sabbath. Because today, Sunday, is kind of our celebration of Sabbath. For us as, as Christians who uh, live, live beyond the idea that Sabbath has to be on a Saturday. In fact, uh, Pastor Sabbath for me, since this is a work day for me, uh, Pastor Sabbath gets to be on a Monday so Sabbath can kind of be any day. You can have Sabbath on a Tuesday and on Wednesday. But Sabbath has some particularities to it. Sabbath has the particularity of, uh, at least as Lutherans, what we confess is that uh, it's a day that we do... Uh, Luther says this in his explanation of the third, uh, third commandment. We do not despise preaching in God's word, but rather we hold it sacred, sacred uh, 
gladly hear and learn it. So, so that's something about what Sabbath is. It, it's, it's an experience of God's word. It's an experience of, of what God has done for us. How God has brought his grace to bear in our lives. How God has brought the good news of Jesus Christ into where we are. And I think that's why we can have sort of differing opinions on, well, how long is a good sermon? Because really, when it comes down to it, it doesn't have to do with how long the sermon is. But rather, it has to do with how it brings the Word of God into your life. How it brings the good stuff into where you are. Interestingly enough, we've got this first reading from Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy is the second telling of the law. Deuteronomos. So Deutero 2, we, we probably got that. Nomos, law. And so it's the second telling of the law. Basically what this is, is this is Moses' farewell speech. Moses has received the Ten Commandments. He has traveled all over the place with the children of Israel. They've been lost for 40 years. GPS didn't work. And now, finally, even a broken clock is right twice a day. They find themselves on the banks of the River Jordan about ready to go through. And Moses knows, hey, I'm not going to go in with you. So, we're going to have a talk. And this talk is going to be about the important stuff. And so he gets a, we get a retelling of the Ten Commandments. Sort of a fuller telling of the Ten Commandments, really. And here, especially, we have a fuller version of the Third Commandment. Remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Remember this day. And for some of us, we're kind of like, well, well A, Why? B, what does that even mean? Why is that important to God? Yeah, we, we get these arguments like, well, even God rested on the seventh day. And for a lot of us, we're like, well, that's fine for God. God didn't have my problems to deal with. Yeah, God could speak and stuff would happen. I actually have to like, use computer programs and deal with people. And so for some of us, you know, th that doesn't work. Because we're like, well, I I'm not God. And, and so the fact that God rested on the seventh day, well, that doesn't mean too much to me. But maybe this does. So you have this thing that's called the first table of the law. It, it's the first three commandments. The commandments that are all about God. So the first one is, you shall have no other gods before me. And you're like, okay. That one I kind of get. So you have all of these Israelites, you know, and, and they're going around and there's all of these people that are worshiping statues of bulls and statues of rabbits and statues of all sorts of different things. And you're like, oh, okay, well, uh, mm, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want, want to worship a thing. In fact, this is where that, that sticky issue of graven images come up which is where, where we divide with some Christians. If you go to Chick-fil-A and you find the, the hidden Ten Commandments, most of the time they'll have four commandments about God, 
Um, and one of them is do not create any graven images. Uh, and for us that were brought up in a liturgical thing, we're like, wait, when was that a commandment? Because for us, that, that's commandment number one. It just kind of gets sandwiched in there. Uh, later on, we get two about coveting. They don't. But you, you've got this little bit of, of tension there. Uh, okay. Um, so, so we have a God who doesn't want us to create an idol that we will worship. And specifically with the graven images thing, he doesn't want us to worship an idol even of him. So one of the things that we've been doing for the past couple of weeks is that uh, on Saturday, which is kind of church setup day, Cricket will come in with me. And uh, we, we come in and uh, we, we help set up the church. We put out those cards that, that are there. We also change out the, this. And when we change this out, we have to take Jesus off of the altar and we have to put him someplace else so that we can put the altar thing back on. And just yesterday, I was like, you know, it's, uh, this is an important point. Uh, you're a three-year-old. I'm not sure that you really understand this. But this isn't actually Jesus. And that's exactly what the graven images thing is about. God is saying, don't mistake me for something that is just made. And then he follows that up with, well, don't use my name in vain. And we know that that, that means that it, it, we're not supposed to take God's identity and mangle it and use it in a strange way. And we go, okay, I, I get that. And, and really what's happening there in both of those things is that we're illegitimately making God concrete. That we're, we're either taking an image of God and trying to make him concrete, just trying to contain him in this little thing, or we're, we're trying to make God concrete in terms of our words. And so when we say one of those things that I'm not going to say, when we say one of those things where we're using God's name illegitimately, a lot of times what we're doing, in fact, probably all of the time what we're doing, is we're making God concrete in an illegitimate way. We're, we're saying, God, I need you to be concrete in this thing or in this word. And God says, uh-uh, not going to do it. Those are things that I don't want to be present in. But then he, he gives us this, this last one, this remember the Sabbath thing. And it, here, this is where God wants to be concrete. In this experience of time. In this experience of who he is. So he's like, don't be like those other heathens who just worship a statue that they have in their house someplace. Don't be like those heathens who think that just by uttering some fancy nonsense that I'm going to be there. But be like this. I will promise you that I will be present in your concrete experience of a Sabbath, of a time of rest, 
of a time of experiencing my word, of a time of experiencing baptism, of a time of experiencing communion. And so what it means for us to experience God concretely has to do with an experience of time. Not metal or wood, and not fancy abracadabra language, but of time. Time that we share together as his body. Time that we share together in the experience of his word. Time that we share together in the remembrance of who he is. And so that's why when we finally get to the New Testament and Jesus is wrangling with these Pharisees about what it means to have a Sabbath, Jesus is going, you're getting this all wrong. What this is about is not work or not work, but what this is about is about being together. And my disciples are together with me. And this person who needs my help is together with me. And that is what Sabbath is about. It's about being together with God in this time. In this time that we share together as a community, as well as the time that you share together with him, as you read his word, as you pray, as you remember that you have been baptized. No matter how long the sermon is. And even if you listen to the sermon on a podcast. Even if you listen to it here. That what matters is that it's time with God. That's what Sabbath is. And so may you this week, may you experience Sabbath today. May you experience that togetherness with Christ and with his body, with these people that he has brought you together with, these baptized parts of his body that he has brought you here in the same building with. May you treat this as Sabbath. And may it be to you holy. Because that is what Christ has made it. Amen.